0: After a brief removal, Walmart has decided to put guns and ammunition back on the floor. Because, you know.
1: You're fucking a white male! You're a white man! You're listening to that blessed and highly
2: flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed.
0: Welcome back to Black Oak House Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Vicariously Merlin. This is season three, the two-part finale the coming of Arthur part one is written by Jake Michi, directed by Jeremy Webb premiered oh kind of close around to this time November 27th of 2010 I gave this one an 8 out of 10 I like the second part better because it probably had more Arwen and then we had much more of the lore coming into play And people didn't annoy me as much. But in this episode, there were quite a few things that irked. But I just think sometimes the writers of this show forget the characters that they're writing for. And just kind of put in dialogue that absolutely makes no sense. And have characters take actions. And you will see episodes back to back where they completely don't correlate at all we'll get more into it let's start with part one sinred's men attack knights of camelot including sir leon everyone seems to be dead except for sir leon the druids find him and save his life using the cup of life with some water in it i guess you could put anything in this cup wine blood it will do what it needs to (laughs) all he needs to do is go in your body or i guess be i don't know but he is brought back to life he comes back to the castle and he says how he is thankful to the druids for saving his life and the uther's greedy ass wants it not because Sinred may get it but because he's just a piece of shit despite gaius pointing out that the druids are peaceful people and also secretive and the cup is very sufficiently hidden however apparently I was too quick to judge as Gaius explains later to Merlin it was used in fact by a warlord for evil and it made his army immortal wrecking unimaginable carnage throughout the kingdom this is also the same cup that Merlin brings up he destroyed that Nimue had remember Nimue or not Nimue the other one in the first season I liked her Uther knows his reckoning is upon him as he's pissed off everyone in the old religion and they're rising once more against him. (laughs) Arthur is tasked to retrieve the cup of life but he is to go solo, no one is to know. But well, Morgana is sleuthing as she does. And, but I will say, she's gotten some better hiding spots and tells Murgos, and at least she isn't creeping out in the middle of the night through the castle. Like one time, she got caught doing that, and she's like, okay, I need to find another meeting spot. And I appreciate the show for that because there are not a lot of times they do something that is smart. Murgos really be using Sinred. <laughs> who claims only to want the spoils of Camelot not the throne himself and Morgana is to take said throne because she is of course the rightful queen of Camelot because she is Arthur Uther's daughter. Jarl then kidnaps both Arthur and Merlin and if you did not recognize the actor who played Jarl he was in Chernobyl as the um the guy that was shaking everyone's hands for going up on the the roof. I don't remember his name. But man, what a difference in character. <laughs> he kidnaps them because he is a slave trader. And we catch up with our favorite Gwen. It's Mr. Studio Girl. It's Mr. Still Your Girl. up with a plan to be Jarl's champion and this kind type of gladiator fighting thing except it's all indoors and Gwen volunteers to be his opponent. Senred and Morgos get testy with each other because apparently he is supposed to keep people from getting kidnapped. I don't know but this is the beginning of the end for them and I don't know why he didn't feel he should protect himself better as he is dealing with someone who only values you when you're useful arthur and gwayne fight for the entertainment of all and in the most blatant use of magic yet because he is literally being held by someone merlin uses fire to distract everyone so that gwayne and company can get away and i understand that we trust Gwen, he is a trustful person however Merlin be real disrespectful sometimes it's like as if I was a secret agent and I got orders from the government and I was told to tell no one and then you ran your mouth to someone that you was like oh we'll be friends what do you mean? it doesn't matter bitch you broke protocol (laughs) you were not supposed to give him that information now if he just wanted to join us on the quest because that's all he said we're on a quest it's of importance it's to save camelot Gwen can make his decision from there you ain't got to give him every little tiny detail so yeah i was with arthur in this moment when he was like fucking merlin have some damn chill then you have merlin once they were arguing both back and forth about whether or not Arthur was going to kill him and whether Gwen got the upper hand on uh Arthur he's going to say well if it wasn't for the fire then we all be dead basically saying if it weren't for me y'all be shit okay sure I want to give him that but at the same time I don't see how it was Arthur's fault at all that y'all both was kidnapped because you got magic and you should have been on your p's and q's because you technically are a fucking bodyguard whether arthur acknowledges it or not and secondly can you just stop being so pissy all the time with wanting (laughs) acknowledgement for everything that you fucking do i love merlin i understand sometimes you want to hear people say thank you to you but you're still a servant (laughs) that's not what life was about the fact that you can talk to you like even in the second episode when arthur's like yeah these books boots look terrible you should sign them you shine your own boots you're a grown-ass man it's basically what he told him and then they just laughed it off so for merlin to be acting like oh i'm treated so terribly
1: fuck you fuck you
0: you nah man technically you got selfish ass reasons for wanting arthur to be king you want your people to be safe and you want to use magic willy-nilly whenever you want to and be admired for it you got selfish ass intentions is all i'm saying that's fine i'm not holding it against you but stop acting as if you need to be rolled out of fucking red carpet every time you do something to use magic half the time you will be in these situations because matter of fact Morgana wouldn't even have taken the place if you didn't fucking heal her. She would have died. They would have got over it, okay? <laughs> I had to get that whole rant out because Merlin be getting on my nerves sometimes. Jarl then goes to Sinred about Prince Arthur because they find in his satchel bag, which another scene that the dialogue just didn't make sense. I don't want information. I want blood. No. You need information to get your revenge, and then there will be blood. That's how it works, you moron. But he goes to them expecting a reward, and Murgos kills him instantly. And that should have been the moment Sinred said, hola, 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 hola. At least have a fucking backup plan, man. You had the cup of life with your soldiers, bruh you needed to (laughs) find a better way to negotiate but she knew what she was messing with that's why she was messing playing them games with him the whole time arthur then finds the druid camp and threatens a child shame 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 i understand the circumstances were really high but i also find this to be a very like we know that Arthur killed the other druids based on Uther's his orders right like he was a servant of Camelot he had to do what was commanded of him but in this moment I felt as if him continuing to use this child as a shield was very un-Arthur like and I wish the writers would have thought of a better way in which to get us to understand the stakes like Arthur is being pressed to do this because he knows that the outcome like we understand give the the audience some credit but don't try to maim the character in the effort to get everyone to understand that this is bad like we will figure that out once we get there all you have to do is have morgana shoot arrows into a crowd of innocent people and we'll get it so you don't need to kind of uh what's the word i want to say paintbrush arthur with like some uther um tendencies i don't like that because you already have one child who is plenty uther right so the druids very readily give up the cup of life and they tell emrys in his head that it's up to him now to take care of and guard said cup of life and you knew that once you give merlin a task he's going to fail at it miserably (laughs) It's going to find some way to fuck it on up. Sinred's army gets the cup after Arthur is once again shot with an arrow and rendered unconscious. Merlin tries to use magic to heal Arthur's fever, but he never can seem to use magic to heal Arthur. So I don't know why he thought this time. I would like to just have one episode in which we see Because we actually saw him go back to Gaius's once later on in the episode and get his magical book and all that shit. Yeah, can you have a moment of him studying it? Not when there's an issue and a crisis that he looks at it. Like, actually retain information because he doesn't seem to at all. I thought it was really cute though and funny the Gwen back and forth like, hey, we need firewood. Yeah, we sure do. (laughs) I'm not a soldier no time like now to learn And he's like oh i'm messing with you he was just trying to get him away to use magic mergos binds Sinred's army to her and then he had the caudacity to look shocked and surprised that she used one of his own soldiers to kill him I'm- out the patrol and for the second time in as many days leon is left the only survivor while his entire platoon is slaughtered arthur wakes and then we have another idiotic line of arthur blaming merlin that he was unconscious thus unable to travel and it's just an excuse okay that's just someone being real lazy (laughs) Like I don't think anyone's paying attention to the dialogue. Children watch this. Well, guess what? Children didn't weren't the only ones that watched it, and we were paying attention to the dialogue. And y'all was being real fucking choppy with it. Gaius tells Uther they have a traitor in their midst, which he already knew since like episode two, and never really addressed. Nor did he try to um, make any efforts to seek out this person because, deep in his soul, he knew exactly who it was. And it's clear if he just looked behind him because Bitch Can't Stop Smirking as she learns (laughs) that the Immortal Army are on the march. Camelot prepares to defend itself despite the fact that they really should have been evacuating because Sir Leon's like, I'm pretty sure we can't defeat an Immortal Army. And all seems lost when there's no word from Arthur. Morgana can't contain her glee telling Gwen that Arthur's likely dead and the kingdom will fall at dawn but if there are people out there that welcome change they will be spared and Gwen says I have always been loyal to you and apparently as long as Gwen isn't coming for what she feels is her throne she's all good and dandy about that but it also didn't make a whole bunch of sense because literally last episode she was smiling at the thought of her being executed for magic which is very diabolical in a sense now i have always been writing this theory that at some point morgana like mentally broke i think it definitely happened after the druid situation like that was her one chance to say i want to get the fuck out of here and be myself and then (laughs) she had to watch everyone She got close to be slaughtered and then be brought back to Camelot. I don't think she's been right in the head since then. And so I think in the next episode, when they allow for her to voice how she's feeling, because that's how I feel. There there is enough material there to justify crazy Morgana. It's just not well, um, it's not well defined. It has no depth to it because they decided we needed a villain (laughs) and she's going to be the villain that's fine she makes a great villain however (laughs) they also um just left a lot of that that um actual character development on on the editing floor i don't even think it made it to the editing floor i don't think it even made it to the writer's room arthur and company get back to camelot where knights have been slaughtered and the castle is smoking I died a little when he went straight to Gwen's house where they run into Elyon, the brother that never shows up for his sister. And Arthur asks about Guinevere, learns she was in the Citadel. He's like, oh, there's still hope. And then Elyon says, it's been taken.
1: Look how they massacred my boy.
0: Okay, but that's your blood. Can you shed a tear, sir? Injured Arthur tries to go on to find Gwen, then his daddy you know where his goals and priorities are guinevere then my father but merlin takes him to gaius's and sends Elion and gwayne to try to find where they're at gaius is just hiding in the closet the fact that this man had magic the second episode made me upset <laughs> like i know there's not much he could have done it is an immortal army but at the same time what the fuck is hiding in the closet supposed to do Elion and Gwen report back that Uther is being dragged to the throne room and Arthur sends them away to wait in the woods with Glyas apparently. I love though that he didn't say you know y'all all all four go in the woods and I'll go alone. He does give Merlin the opportunity to say you know you should go with them but Merlin's like I've seen enough of the woods and then he kind of it's like okay like I thought you was with me. Arthur and Merlin then watch as Morgana reveals her treachery in the throne room and Uther's lies come to forefront as she herself is crowned queen of Camelot and that is how we end the first episode. Moving on to part two of The Coming of Arthur written by Julian Jones directed by Jeremy Webb. A lot more uh a lot more consistent this episode it premiered 12 4 of 2010 i gave it a 9.4 out of 10 i think because they did a lot with the characters right they actually had them doing things that were smart and even morgana was doing things that were smart i thought it was actually very concise even if some of it was batshit crazy because there's actually justification for certain things and it's brought up in this episode Morgana wants Sir Leon and his five knights <laughs> to pledge loyalty to the queen which is her but they are defiant he even says you might as well kill me because I'd rather die so she then decides to kill the citizens of Camelot instead she's a maniac maniac on the floor I like that she even voiced and explained why is she being so gung-ho about these particular knights of camelot why does she need them to be sworn to her why doesn't she just kill them as Margot says like that can be arranged and she makes it clear the people will not kneel to me if they do not kneel to the army which is always been true in history I mean go look at Russian history everyone who made it to the throne needed to have the backing of the army facts she then visits Uther who claims that the people are innocent how dare you do this type of stuff but she throws his hypocrisy back in his face like oh like you haven't killed a whole bunch of innocent people based on your need to uh get your dominance So it also reveals a little bit like she's been learning at the knee of the only person who's ever taught her anything. So of course she's going to turn to Uther-like tactics when she needs to get her way because it's the only way she's seen anyone rule. So I thought it was a very apropos thing for her to do. And then, as I stated, her throwing that back into his face and he says, well, if you wanna kill someone, kill me. He's, she's like I will do that but before I do I want you to feel alone and afraid disgusted with who and what she is. So that type of self-loathing that type of isolation and fear every day although we never saw it because there were episodes at a time where you didn't get any Morgana because as I stated before they just decided she's going to manifest in a villain with the crumbs that we laid instead of making a whole fucking cake. <laughs> then she um, tells him that after he has gone through that, she will definitely kill him. So she's taking her, her reign. It makes sense that it would be a play out of the master's playbook. Merlin has to do a pep talk to Arthur, who is feeling rather dragged emotionally. Gwen's uh standing next to Morgana I mean he probably figures she's being held there captive his father's lies Morgana's betrayal like oh my god I've known her all my whole life I've seen her as a sister but she really my blood sister and my father knew about it and didn't say shit and then after all the time you saw your father treat her like shit I know Arthur has to be going through a lot emotionally and mentally himself Plus, there's an immortal army that no one knows how to defeat. So, yeah, it's a lot for him to be a little depressed for a minute. I don't think that was, you know, out of the realm of reality for him to be like, I need a break. Morgana tries to reunite her friendship with Gwen over her woes of being queen and how I need for Sir Leon and the knights to respect me. And Gwen says well I will speak to Sir Leon because my mom used to work in his household and sure I will help him turn to you but Morgana is no fool and like I said I'm glad that she's like oh I'll keep you by my side if you pledge to me I won't kill you but at the same time (laughs) if you won't like I used to be friends with you and because of that friendship I will not murder you but at the same time if we are to have this friendship, it is definitely a selfish type of friendship. Like, I care about you, but you need to be aligned with me. And of course, she already knows she loves Arthur, and Arthur is still out there. So thus, of course, I'm going to follow you and spy on you. And they see that she betrays them. And Morgos is like, no, nah, don't kill her. Let's use her so we can find Arthur, because she is going to break Sir Leon out. Gwen was doing her best though sleuthing in this episode. She got the keys. She became that blacksmith's daughter making the keys herself with the fire. She passes it down to Sir Leon with the basket. She gets two dresses so that they can, uh, they can go out of town. Like she was actually on her game this episode. And I stan her so much. Just because Morgana was smart and knew to watch her. My girl gets her props she also has a drink with morgana but it's a potion they put in her drink so that they can track her movements i thought that was actually smart too and i love the little gold uh following trail i gonna totally steal that somehow some way to put in my magical novel which i really need to get back to working on this week but lord jesus merlin once again always be pissing me off calling the dragon Oh, i'm in trouble i need help are you loyal to me or are you loyal to morgana i've never been loyal to that witch you know and i'm not a horse as the dragon says because you need me to take me here there because he needs to get reinforcements yes i understand you had a plan but shit you need to stop calling me about morgana shit because that is all on you he should have said
1: I told you. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Because I told you. Mm-hmm. And when did I tell you? A long time ago. And what did I say will happen when I told you? Exactly what just happened.
0: The whole scene in the forest with Sir Leon taking off his his, uh, his clothes, I would, and then Gwen was just kind of standing there, and I understand this is supposed to be exposition, but I also felt like it was an unnecessary part of exposition (laughs) as he's changing other than to say hey look at Sir leon with his uh let me tell you something i do love hair on a man's chest it's just it it's so great it's so soft and curly at least some men's i mean not all mind you but man i do like some hair on a man's chest So I appreciated that part. However, it was a weird scene between Gwen and Sir Leon other than the fact that the actor and actress used to date. I think I told y'all that already. (laughs) I was deep in people's personal business at one point. (laughs) Not really deep, not not overly peeping what they was doing, but yeah, I wanted to know. Did y'all see, wait, cause when, they were all waiting for someone to approach and it was gwen and arthur's like guinevere and he's so happy to see her and he gives her a hug and then you hear sir Elion yelling out like we've got company and then you pan and you see that somehow <laughs> no way gwen's getting himself a hug too from gwen i'm like oh okay not merlin but gwen not saying i wouldn't been all over him but yeah so they're getting chased by the immortal army guards And it's their lucky day, or at least it's Gwen's lucky day because she got all the men around her because Lancelot shows up. Someone yells out, look below. Percival drops some rocks to block the night and Percival is played by none other than Tom Hopper from Black Sails. I know Mimi probably squealed. Merlin sent for them because they needed reinforcements and apparently two people was enough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you just say hey you mind uh grabbing some other folks while you're at it nah too yeah it's fine morgana becomes the tyrant she always hated in an effort to make the people yield like i said i find this to be a rather appropriate karma or a turn of events arthur leads them all to an ancient castle and we get the infamous round table where he has the knights join him and the way he sat Gwen next to him as queen. I will go down with Her shyness was everything. Angel Colby knows how to play Guinevere. Like she just knows exactly what to do to make my heart expand. <laughs> it's just adorable. But she's also owning it too like oh okay i see i'm sitting next to my man looking like the king's wifey the knights then pledge to arthur because he he gives this lovely speech about men being created equal something that comes from his heart and not uther's playbook so you see that despite morgana wanting to take the crown and having magic she completely becomes the daughter of ufer and uses his methods you have Arthur who is much more his own man and decides even without the crown that he is going to stand on his own principles and even when Percival introduced himself like first he's hesitant to you know because they didn't leave off on the best of terms him and Lancelot, uh but he shakes his hand and he doesn't even introduce himself as prince arthur because you know percival's like your majesty like he's kind of starstruck and he's like arthur call me arthur and he's just like oh he's really down the fucking earth like he's a cool dude and it, it is because he fell in love with uh, a servant his best friend is a servant of course he has a much closer relationship and, and doesn't see these people as below him Like his father, he sees them as his equals. So I love that. I love everything about the round table, everything about that speech. Um, Lancelot and Merlin plot to get to the cup of life and drain the blood from within all while Arthur doesn't suspect anything. They need him to be very uh, (laughs) distracted while they use magic. Then we have a lovely Arwen moment where she's just like i mean she gives him all the hope like in case i don't make it you coming back boo you gonna see me i saw you last night that speech you gave had my panties wet we slept next to each other and you know we spooned y'all know they spoon i was looking too my energy ass was actually looking around the room like where's arthur and gwen because i know i know the day before battle come on There's a lot of empty corridors. I needed to have a scene where they was being nasty. (laughs) I was wanting it so bad. Or at least a fucking spoon. I'm just going to imagine they were spooning somewhere in that castle. On that floor. Probably not even a floor. He probably made some fucking whole thing. It's like, y'all going to find a fucking bed for Guinevere. I don't care if it's a piece of furniture, a piece of driftwood. She She is not sleeping on this cold stone floor. But her saying, I am so proud of you, then the music swelling, then the kiss, and then you looked over at Lancelot's face. They ask you how you are and you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine. But you just can't get into it because they would never understand. I know he had been looking salty as fuck because not only did he leave her in the worst possible way but she ain't even acknowledged his ass. <laughs> and she ain't moved on because she was already half in love with Arthur last time but she was in love with his life and now you ain't no more because she ain't got eyes for nobody but one Arthur Pendragon. Gaius burst out with magic in the castle at the last minute and I was like okay but whatever this is the i didn't go too much into the battle because i didn't care it was good it was decent them screaming for camelot yeah i don't ever need that ever <laughs> not unless you are um not unless you are Jon snow and you got the whole fucking army coming at you and you standing there all by your lonesome damn self <laughs> that's when you can scream out something because you know you about to die And you literally can feel you're about to die. And there's nothing that indicates you are not about to die. And the scenes that they were having, that's not what I felt at all. So yeah, Merlin knocks the cup uh, down with the sword for dramatic effect. He also explained that he got Excalibur from the Dragon's Breath because he could use it and him alone he can never give it to a human merlin did hit mergos pretty hard i felt as if she she wasn't dead but he definitely put her in a coma (laughs) i just wish they would have shown the point of impact just a little bit more or a little less clunky then it did because it felt like her face just smashed the wall how am i supposed to see feel this is any different than any other times that you've tossed margosa across a room we've seen this before so they needed to do a little bit more to get us to understand that she was in serious peril. morgana starts to scream unleashing her magic because why not why isn't anyone restraining her is the question all three peeps in the room either have magic or know that they are magic users in the room so there is no excuse why they're in magical fucking handcuffs popping out to make sure this bitch who also has magic doesn't get away because apparently she gets away with more ghosts we didn't even see them leave in a tornado they're just gone and the rubble we have a weird transition to the bromance moment on the steps where Merlin is pushing Arthur to be king because Uther is mentally broken about events which okay but Merlin <laughs> you ain't got to be like oh you're gonna have to do this and you're gonna have like bruh back up back up they just got Camelot back and his father is still alive I get that you are eager but sometimes you just uh but never mind We forget everything, including that Morgana got away because Gwen is on a horse with all of the Knights of Camelot and coming this way. And when he sees her, Arthur that is, that's all that matters. Gwen was looking so sexy with his blowout though. I was like, oh, is that Pantene? What you put in your hair, bruh? Looking sexy as hell. They kiss once again, twice in one episode. It's a fucking record. And Merlin places Excalibur in The Rock. And that is how we end this two-parter. I thought it was really good. Like I said, it had some moments where I'm like, seriously? But for the most part, it is one of their more success. Like, their two-parters, though, are a little exhausting sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes, um, or maybe it was just the last time. Because I felt like they'd done two-parters three times in one season. That's where I'm like, why do you need to keep doing I guess it's a good way to tell a story if it's a good detail like I can see a premiere if it's a big thing or a finale but middle in the season or having it as a premiere and a finale is a little over much you're just stretching out episodes which is also fine budget but at the same time they could have done one less two-parter those are my thoughts on the episode time for my favorite section the feedback So if you want to send feedback, you can send it to blackgirlcouch at You can send it via written format or you can send it via audio, just 10 minutes or less. First up, it's Queen
2: Mimi. What up, Stina? This is Mimi sending in feedback for Merlin Season 3, Episode 12 and 13. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed both of these episodes. They were so good. Um, I was kind of I've been hesitant to send in feedback because I'm scared it's gonna be super long because like I said I love these episodes 13 though I'm gonna go ahead and say is probably my favorite nope I'm gonna definitely say it is my favorite of all the episodes I've seen so far I absolutely loved it the the R when we got was epic like I I can't even gush enough and the interactions between Arthur and Gawain and uh, Lancelot, and then Gwen's brother, that I can't remember his name, Elion, I wanna say it is. And then, surprise, surprise, Tom Hopper's giant behind is in this episode, just coming in, throwing rocks and whatnot, with a name Percival. <laughs> Now I'm mad you didn't tell me he was in this this show. I swear I had seen pictures of him and what is his name? Oh god. Bran. I can't remember what what is Arthur's real name? Okay I'm gonna have to google it because it's gonna bother me. Bradley James. I kept wanting to call him Brad and then I kept wanting to call him James. I just couldn't get it together. Bradley James. I know I had seen pictures of them together but i I was like, it must be in something I haven't seen yet. But it was in Merlin. Who knew? I really didn't know he was going to be here. And like, I was like thoroughly surprised in the best way possible when I saw him show up. So since I've already rambled on (laughs) for two minutes, let me go ahead and get in this feedback so I can keep it. I I decided that I'm going to my my aim is going to be 15 minutes. Now I have 20 Because we already established that it's 10 minutes per episode and it's two episodes. So I'm going to try to be in like less than 20, but more than 10. So 15 is what I'm shooting for. So here we go. So first I want to talk about episode 12, um, the couple Life episode. I don't, I didn't write down the titles because I could never pronounce them. Um, But we started out, we see all of the Knights of Camelot. Well, I don't know if it was all of them. It seemed like it was 40. It was a squad of 40. That were all killed except Sir Leon. He was saved by the Druids. Now for the life of me I can't understand why they would risk their safety and their location for a Camelot soldier or knight. I mean (laughs) I personally think that was stupid on their part. But then again I'm thinking maybe they did it on purpose because they needed Merlin to come so that's i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt because they can't be that stupid because they had to have saved sir leon for a reason i'm assuming he's one of the knights of the round table for real for real and he has destined to be with arthur so that's what i'm gonna assume because they had to have saved him for a reason um but we're not gonna blame this on them because they were doing something that was tremendous even though they didn't have to for Uther's kingdom and he did not deserve it he slaughtered how many of them so for them to you know risk their life for him that's their lives for him that was I guess for the kingdom that was pretty tremendous but I gotta talk about Gaius because he made me so mad like why did he have to tell dude the truth like you couldn't maybe lie like I'm sorry, Uther. I've no that, that cup. I, that doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard of. I, I'm not very familiar with it. And then tell you know uh, Merlin like, oh, that sounds like the cup of life. This is what it do? Like, why did he? Why does he always feel the need to tell Uther the truth about stuff like that? We know he lied to him when it's in Merlin involved. Merlin, Mar, Merlin, Merlin involved. Like, why does he feel the need to tell him the truth when it's the lives of some people that um are magical. Like he's so stupid and it's annoying. It's very, very annoying. I just oh, he has to know that like yes Uther's telling Arthur and Gaius this you know convoluted story about oh, it's dangerous to be in the wrong hands. What if um someone got a hold of it it could be detrimental to camelot they the druids have had it for how many centuries and everything's been fine like why would they suddenly all of a sudden give it to the wrong people like he guys had to have known that uther wanted it for his own benefit oh it can bring people back to life people can be immortal i bet you if he would got a hold of it he would have put his blood in that cup without hesitation And the fact that he didn't die at the end of this episode really pissed me off. And at this point, I don't care how it sounds. He needs to die. And I'm sick of him. Sick of looking at his face. I'm sick of him breathing. I'm sick of him being in scenes. I'm sick of... I'm just sick of him, just in general. Like, he looked broken as hell at the end of these two episodes. But I need that fool to stop breathing. Because I hate his guts. This whole incident started because he wanted a cup that ain't had nothing to do with him that wasn't his business wasn't his place they use it to save one of your best uh nights and this is how you repay them you are trash and you should have been choked out okay so i'm they take a pause because i was like i'm gonna be ranting and raving about uh uther for 20 minutes so let me let me pause get my get my Rest together calm down and then move on because I will talk about I will drag him for at least 20 minutes so I don't want to do that so y'all know how I feel about him so we're gonna keep it moving I will also say that when I saw Gwen's fine ass I was like praise hallelujah this is about to be a bomb ass episode because I'm telling you he fine as hell and he's my favorite I love him I know Gwen, Gwen isn't gonna be with him but just seeing his face is enough for me. Um, I want to talk about, uh, you know, them. So it looked like they were in Gwen's house when they came across alien right? That's where they found him when he was, when they were, uh, when he went into a house and he was searching, and then he was, I don't remember where he came out. I just remember when Merlin was, uh, at the, he went back to his house and guys was hiding in the closet. I don't know why, but that sent me so hard. I, I was dying. And don't get me wrong. guy Ain't nothing wrong with guys hiding in the closet because I was hiding too. It was just the way he looked when he opened, <laughs> when Merlin opened the door, like he was scared. Like scary, scared. He was petrified. His old ass was like, if somebody comes with me, I can't fight i'm a goner so let me let me just hide it was smart of him but it was still funny (laughs) i can see his face it was so hilarious um i think that's all i have for episode uh 12 i didn't write it down so i think it was in 12 um no, no no that was 13 when uh gwen helped um sir leon escape Um, I was like utterly surprised when she was like oh I've you know always been loyal to you Morgana so you know I'm gonna stay loyal to you and I was like she's gonna pick Morgana over Arthur like this can't be real she gotta be playing her trying to see what her plan is or like I was like maybe she's trying to see if Arthur came back because I mean if Arthur's dead and you know back then you had no way of knowing (laughs) if someone left on a quest and they just never came back they could be dead they could be alive and just you know delayed like you had no way of knowing so she probably was trying to do self-preservation and I'm not mad at that like you just can't assume that Arthur's gonna come save you sometimes you gotta save yourself and she was like okay I'd rather be alive and pretend until I can get a game plan and get away from here so that was smart of her um I just I just knew she wasn't on Morgana's side like I just did not believe because if that was the case I don't feel like she would have told Gaius from the beginning she when she realized that um Morgana was harming Arthur I think that that just ruined their allegiance right there she wasn't gonna have nothing to do with it and then she like got her uh when she Basically, threw her under the bus for Uther and using her love for Arthur against her she knew all that stuff so I was like she had to be done with her so I was happy to see that my intuition was not wrong on that I knew she was playing her and I actually I mean I'm not really that surprised that Morgana didn't trust her like she would have been a fool to just assume that Gwen was gonna pick her over Arthur like I mean, Uther's trash. Nobody likes him. But siding with Morgana would uh, automatically just mean she's not siding with Arthur. And we know that that would never happen. So I did like that little... The way that little scene played out. Okay, so let's move on to 13. And I just want to start by saying 13 was my favorite for uh, a couple of reasons. Um, First, let's talk about the like the circumstance um under which they all ended up together so at this point Morgana has taken over Camelot um she is put Uther in a cell I don't know why she ain't kill him maybe she said it like they had a throwaway line and I just wasn't paying attention But I thought for sure Uther was going to die. I didn't think they were going to kill him like quick. I thought it was going to be some type of torturous thing. But she just threw him in a cell. And that was kind of underwhelming. I mean the one thing I thought we would at least get from Morgana and Morgos was the death of Uther. And the fact that I didn't get it was really sad. But because the other part of everything else in this episode was just magnificent. I wasn't too mad about it um first can we talk about the way like none of the knights would bow down to her so she (laughs) so she was like okay and she lined them up and they thought they was gonna get slayed and she started slaying the citizens and I like I know it wasn't supposed to be funny but I laughed so hard I was like she is evil evil like they're not even playing games or more goes like Ugh! like i should have known though when they took out senrig in the episode 12 like morgana not morgana it was morgo she didn't even hesitate she like as soon as she got what she wanted senrig was like gone i don't need you i just need your army like that in itself was (laughs) pretty spectacular but the way they took those citizens out i was like that is crazy (laughs) the hot mess um I also liked how, um, you know, I got I got Tom Hopper, A.K.A. Billy from Black Sails, A.K.A. Luther from Umbrella Academy. Like y'all know, I love me some some Tom Hopper. He's my dude. Everything he's in, <laughs> he always plays the hell out of it. I love that he's in this, and I hope we see him some more in uh, season four, because i love percival his old giant self with that dorky ass name um and i had to say like when they were at the round table or not the round table where they, wherever they were like underground and um arthur like knighted all of them like he knighted gwayne Elion, percival um and uh lancelot i'm telling you i was like man these are some finance knights like for real they was not playing games they were very attractive and i was like yes now you know gwayne is gonna be my heart but the rest of them was pretty looking pretty good too not even gonna lie even uh sir leon with his tall self um and then oh what else did i write down um see here hold on okay now it's time for me to gush because <laughs> the 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 one we got in this episode was like it was spectacular because at this point arthur didn't give zero fucks like he didn't care at all she was like he's gonna they're gonna see us he was like i don't care look you my boo we might die so right here right now i'm gonna i'm gonna kiss you and i don't care who sees like when okay i need to calm down because i'm getting hyped up again because i was like 100 percent in my fields y'all have no idea how like like emotional I got like I was like a straight up loser like I was too through let me I'm gonna read what I wrote okay (laughs) y'all tell me why when Gwen said she was proud of Arthur my ass started crying because that's a fact I like I teared up when he grabbed her when she was gonna walk away and he was like she was like no they're gonna see us and he was like I don't care like I was like oh my god he loved her so much and then he like she was so proud of him with her hair and she put her hand in his hair like brushed it away and you could just see him melt like that's my baby right there like it was everything i was a mess and then the way they kissed each other it was like it reminded me of the first um ever kiss we got from uh iris and barry it was they were on the porch and uh it was right before he was like about to like change the past or whatever I think it was the end of season two and like the the shadow, like they got right in front of it and then like you could see like it was a light behind them and then as they kissed the light went away it was it was spectacular like I oh god it was I can't I can't even gush I I don't want to gush like a loser but y'all I was in my feels oh in my feels and then at the end of the episode when she was riding up on the on the horse and he helped her down and he kissed her he didn't give no fucks like uther who suck it at this point arthur don't care about uther got to say you better shut up you lucky i saved you that's what that fool is thinking after what you put my boo through you lucky i don't slap you around and put you back in that dungeon like he don't care no more and i am here for it like i cannot wait till we start season four because i feel like our moments are going to be even better because at this point arthur then already <laughs> defied him because gwayne not only is <laughs> in camelot but that full of night so you can't even he had night of camelot so you can't even you can't even you can't even banish him no more uther you're gonna have to suck it He 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 knighted what he knighted um lancelot gwen um i think i'm saying his name right you know gwen's brother percival so that's four people he knighted that were not of noble blood so at this point what you gonna do and i i'm here for it. y'all know I, i i want uther to die like he needs to go so the sooner he is no longer king the better for me even if he just stepped down because he's sick of sick of uh arthur not listening to him i'm okay with that too as long as he's not king and i don't have to listen to him talk and make rules and whatnot um yeah so i feel like i've gushed enough (sighs) and i've talked enough about uther he's been dragged so so i'm not gonna say it again the last thing i want to say is i swear i didn't know guys had powers this whole time He has magic. Why hasn't he been teaching Arthur? Not Arthur. Merlin. Like I you literally shot Morgos clear across that dungeon. And like you knocked her out enough that Merlin was able to kill her. So I I don't understand. Why why are you not teaching him? I did not know he had magic. I was thoroughly shook. Like this whole time this fool has some magical powers and he ain't use them to help nobody i really think gaius is worthless like what is what are you here for sir like what's your job what do you do why are you even here you know you throw some herbs and some some oils in a pot and give people potions you i feel like at this point how do we even know you really doing what you say you're doing you're so worthless ugh Please let Merlin learn some magic for real for real. I mean, because I'm surprised that he actually was able to kill Morgos. Like all she got thrown up against the wall. She died pretty instantly and she didn't even hit her head. So I just didn't expect her to be dead. Maybe some internal bleeding. You know, without the help of magic she might die soon. But for her to be instantly dead, I wasn't expecting that. So I'm assuming next season, Morgana's going to be on some revenge shit because they kill Morgos. I like Morgos. I probably liked her more than I like Morgana. So if I, if I could have picked, I'd have preferred the other way around death, but you know, whatever, I guess this will be a nice little plot for, you know, a setup for a plot for next season. So that'll be interesting. Um, I think I said everything I wanted to say. I definitely did not do the 15 minutes like I planned. I'm at 19 minutes, so I'm less than 20 minutes, but I'm gonna have to work on that anyway. (laughs) So, that is where I'm gonna end it. So, until next time, love, peace, hair grease to Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch Mimi out.
0: That was Queen Mimi with her feedback, and to be fair, there was a lot to gush about in these episodes. Your feedback had me cracking, uh, particularly your wish and desire to see Uther dead as soon as humanly possible i get it (laughs) i definitely get it so yeah um there was a line in the episode that she wanted him to basically see the reign of terror she brings down on camelot before she executes him so that he can feel as helpless and scared and uh he has to sit and be alone in a dungeon with his sins and uh and his inadequacies and his failures so yeah that is some kind of torture because it clearly got his brain broken you bringing up the west Allen kiss you ain't right for that but yes it definitely reminded me of that once you said it <laughs> um and then gwen i didn't even think for a hot second she was on morgana's side i knew she was playing her because she'd been playing her for weeks she's like yeah i've since i've seen you smirking at me going to the gallows bitch I know I'm not (laughs) not on my side so I think she just picked the best position of where she could be helpful later on it was just unfortunate that Organa was was hit to the sauce Gaius being in the closet was hysterical because and like you said he was looking like a scared little bitch and he had magic though so it's not even like me being scared I have no magic nothing to defend myself you can actually do a spell so i don't understand him whatsoever yes he is the worst he never shows (laughs) other than i love you like a son okay i'm glad but can you actually make me sit down and read this damn magical book why don't you give me some things some lessons i need to work on so that i'm not so fucking out of this world and you brought up a good point why doesn't he lie to uther why did he need to tell him about the cup of life and all this other stuff i feel like gaius only be out for gaius and his which i guess fine but he be throwing his own people under the bus and that's kind of despicable <laughs> it really is he don't give a shit about the druids getting uh down but if it's his girl he gonna get her out of the castle but if it's um i don't know gwen's father he ain't got shit to say yeah i remember that i remember that Gaius. um and then, what else did you say that I, uh, yes, I did like how goes used Sin Red. <laughs> he should have known. But mostly Mimi at the round table. It's Hallelujah.
2: It's Amen.
0: And yes, I wanted Tom Hopper to be a surprise for you and for shy because I know everything about all these seasons so I can't just be like oh wait for this I'm trying to get you surprised so that you can have these type of genuine reactions so of course I'm not gonna spoil and tell you what's gonna happen or who's gonna be in the show you might see some other familiar faces I don't know but I'm not gonna tell awesome feedback though I'm glad that hey episode 10 was one of your favorites um I don't I think the once in future queen is always going to be my favorite it was just just I love that episode <laughs> so moving on last but not least queen shy
1: hey Christina it's me shy I am here to discuss Merlin, the penultimate and season finale for season three. First and foremost, I want to take a moment to say happy Halloween to you, Mimi, and whoever else is out there listening. I listened to your Raised by Wolves podcast, of course, I enjoyed it as usual. Had me in stitches and i heard both you and mimi's plans for this holiday and uh yeah both sounded like fun hopefully y'all both stay safe and have a good time as for you know i'm not gonna lie (laughs) I'm going to just go ahead and say it. You know, I heard what you said about your intentions and what you plan to do today um, in regards to your podcast for Mandalorian and this one. And I am not going to lie. (laughs) I have my doubts about whether or not you are going to get this one out today of course i'm gonna still get it to you um just so you can have it but i would say there was a bit of side eye on my part when i heard that part of your podcast because experience has taught me in recent times that um at least for merlin um doesn't quite make it on saturday we do get it we just don't get it on saturday so, if you're able to do this, then yes, um, I uh, yeah, i basically, I'm basically calling you out, saying, really, really, but, hey, you might get it out, out of spite, you know, even though you wouldn't hear this until you're actually doing the, <laughs> the podcast, but still, that's my story, I'm sticking to it. I'm predicting I'll hear this on Sunday, uh, you know, I, listen to your podcast when i'm working out i also do it while i'm commuting or house cleaning so keeps me company you ladies keep me company while i'm doing the wonderful or going about the wonderful business of everyday life but i look forward to your podcast regardless of when i get it um but back to this these two episodes um i enjoyed them both i enjoyed 13 more so than 12 which is to be expected 12 was more of a build-up to the finale so um laying down the groundwork so totally understandable and um so yeah i'm not knocking it just i you know enjoyed the finale so i will start out by saying Sinred is an idiot How, I mean, how could you not know that your time was (laughs) numbered? I don't know, Margos's subtle threats, which to me weren't so subtle, but apparently Sinred wasn't catching on. Oh, by the way, I'm traveling, doing that thing that I said I i do when i listen to your podcast i'm running to the store and taking a moment to do this because i have a lot going on today anyway yeah i'm like the, no red flags went off red, No, nothing no warning bells went off in your head and the things that Margot was saying to you were you really shocked when she turned that soldier against you or one of your men against you because I saw it coming from a mile away and uh yeah you should have too but of course that's not how it went down apparently he was completely shocked that she would betray him like that and um, yeah he the price for it I don't think there was anything he would have been able to do regardless but still you can have at least been prepared and tried but no you're an idiot as for uther in this episode um no that's more so the 13th one but we finally got the reveal dun 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 some more betrayal this time morgana the truth finally came out author and uther finally know that morgana is a biatch they finally know that morgana is the traitor amongst them so yes would have been nice for merlin or gaius to try to lead at least author in the right direction yeah it would have been nice you know try to leave some breadcrumbs but what the hell you know had to leave it for this dramatic reveal um with Morgana taking over as Queen, as the Evil Queen. And she looked like an Evil Queen too with her pale skin and bright red lips sitting on the throne. But yes, that's finally over. We don't have to complain about that anymore. I'm sorry, but Sir Leon is one lucky SOB. I just have to say that how many times in these different episodes has it looked like he was dead to right like he was about to die and somehow some way he finds a way to survive i mean I, i can't even count how many times when they've had these battles or these uh different things going on that i'm like oh yeah this is it he's about to meet his maker But just somehow, he's always a lone survivor. And everybody else around him dies. But Sir Leon seems to make it through. And this time around, is no different. Everyone else is dead, but not Sir Leon. He's barely clinging to life, but he's alive. Which is how the Druids find him and bring him back um, to their cave. And uh, use the cup of life to... uh, Yeah. To mend whatever was wrong with him and he was as good as new and i don't know if i'm the only one that every time they said the cup of life i immediately thought of ricky martin and his song cup of life and granted maybe i'm the only one that knows that song maybe christina you or me don't even know this song <laughs> and they're looking at or looking sideways as you're uh listening to this but yes i did i was thinking of ricky martin and the cup of life and uh yeah i like how uther is like i'm the king you can't do this like they don't give a damn about you being the king they take it over uther hello you're being dethroned they're they're you know getting rid of you they don't care that you're the king they know you're the king (laughs) <laughs> so get your ass in the cell excuse my french so morgos and morgana take over with their immortal army another immortal army and uh they seem to like to make those and Arthur, um being extra but actually listen to merlin like yes arthur you're not going to take on thousands of immortal army yes we know you are not okay with your dad being captured and all that but you know you must live to fight another day and uh yeah so on to the finale which again i thoroughly enjoyed we have uther being sad and pathetic which i'm kind of not understanding to a certain extent yes i know that he was you know you know Morgana per- betrayed him, and that devastated him. And I get that, but I don't know. He just struck me. And again, I'm, he's always was a douchebag and an a-hole, but he just struck me as completely weak. You know, weaker than normal in this in this one because that broke him. You know, you still have your people. You still have your kingdom. You still have your son, Arthur but Morgana betraying you turned you into a pala doo I mean I, don't, I that was a I didn't think that reaction was was warranted but that's just me yeah again I yeah be upset you know be devastated but really I mean he looked like a shell of, shell of himself throughout this whole episode like he just couldn't live anymore I'm like it was oh that I, I don't know that's to me that was just I just looked at him as even weaker than I originally thought, and then I'm like, you know, when' ghost and Morgana were talking, and you know they were talking about how the people of Camelot don't know her or that Gwen um. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean they don't know Morgana? She's been raised in Camelot. They do know her. So they already know the type of person she is. So, I mean, obviously not this version of her. But they know her. Um, Yeah, thought that was a weird line. Um, Love seeing Gwen being smart. You know, even though it did lead to them, you know, finding out where Arthur was but she how would she have known and i was also wondering what that was that um morgana was putting in her in her uh drink and so finding out later that was that was really smart actually so because i was like oh hell no what are they about to do to gwen but yeah that was just to for her to lead them to author we see that freya came back so we got a call back to i don't remember that ridiculous episode with his uh merlin's girlfriend so she put in an appearance so that was lovely to see um and that thing that the fisher king gave him that was that was his purpose so that was lovely you know it was a nice little moment yeah i don't know about uh merlin and his promises i don't know if i'm the only one that's like yeah merlin you (laughs) you and your promises don't mean a hill of beans um you know so yeah um hopefully you'll actually live up to your promise this time because things tend to go sideways uh when you promise things Wow, I got to see all my hunk of burning loves in this episode. Gwane, Lancelot, and we even had an extra one. Percival, aka Luther Hargreaves. Hargreaves? Hargreaves? Whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Wow. Yes. Yes, my heart was a flutter. And of course, Arthur. But yes, it was and men. Definitely in this episode. So I was not mad at it. This was definitely uh, my favorite episode when it comes to that. Um, not going to lie. I loved Arthur's speech. I loved the whole round table. We finally got to see the round table. So all the mythology from what I know about King Arthur. The you know Knights of the Round Table and the Sword in the Rock. We got to see those. Um, come to pass in this episode so that was amazing um yes author is talking about no one man is more important than the other i thought that was amazing i love everyone else's speech to author about you know pledging their allegiance to him I love that Merlin and Gwen didn't say anything and they didn't need to say anything because you know they've said plenty to Arthur so Arthur knows how they feel how they feel about what his future entails and how they think about him as being the future king and leader of Camelot so they didn't really need to say anything and I love that they didn't um, in that moment i love the knighting of everyone that was amazing of course i love the arwen moment the kiss that was definitely a highlight of mine i love gwen's speech to author in that moment again which is hence why we didn't need that that speech at the round table because she has her own special speech for him oh we got to see poor lancelot he's still trying to get over gwen that's so sad but yeah sorry dude like said before she's taken and you can obviously see that merlin and gaius had a cute little moment um between the two of them um before they took off for quote-unquote certain death (laughs) which is never certain death but you know whatever We, we gotta amp up the drama You know, I like how we see it looks like we see like tens of thousands of Immortal Army marching towards Camelot, yet in Camelot, there's barely anybody there. It's like, where's the Immortal Army? Where's those tens of thousands of people that we saw marching towards Camelot? Yet when everyone gets there, it's practically empty people are hiding in places that they shouldn't be able to hide i mean they look like they ransacked the place but uh, apparently Gaius can hide in his cupboard and ilion can hide in Gwyn's house undetected that's that was very convenient but yeah that was yeah but yeah and then i'm storming a castle like where is the army like where it where is everybody they go back to sinrad after they defeat it camelot Did they, how many shouldn't they have left some behind um i was really confused by that part i will say and uh of course author you know as they're fighting fussing about Mer, uh, merlin and lancelot like seriously author do you not realize that y'all are trying to overtake uh the citadel uh, i'm sure like you merlin and lancelot may be uh encountering some difficulties so (laughs) what do you mean what the hell are they doing uh they're fighting for their lives author that's what they're doing but i don't know that's just uh that's just me but we see that gaius didn't stay put and he actually used some stinking magic go figure was that the first time we've seen gaius use magic like that i don't remember i'm sure it, maybe it happened before but i don't know i don't recall but i mean it was powerful enough to knock more the hell out um i mean she hit that thing hard that column hard um and uh yeah so you know merlin was able to do what he needed to do morgana was completely devastated seeing her sister laying there lifeless and her screams you know and now i mean that's another thing i was wondering about like when is morgana's powers gonna you know manifest i mean she kind of leans on morgana i mean not morgana morgos uh in regards to the magic and all that and i'm like is, shouldn't she have some powers but yeah we saw that in the end when she's doing the screaming and um they were able to escape and of course i love love at the end when Arthur says who knows what the future will bring and in that moment we see gwen surrounded by his knight's escorted her back home and he gets her off the horse and they kiss out in public so let it be known arwen is here to stay arwen is in the house so that was beautiful and um yes we end on that note like i said really enjoyed this episode i look forward to Season 4. Um, wow, we only got two seasons left. This is... Yeah, this is coming down to the wire. Um, very curious about Uther. Um, I really thought that he was going to die in this episode. So, this... The fact that apparently his spirit... He killed his spirit, I guess. I don't know. Now that now Arthur has to take over that way. Uh, I don't know. Not a big of that i guess they couldn't decide whether or not they wanted to get rid of the actor so they kind of halfway (laughs) got rid of him in case they want they thought about him recovering but yeah i think it's time for author to take over as king so we can start seeing that um storyline because i'm about over uther's reign to be perfectly honest yeah we saw you know merlin doing his chant thing out loud i've totally forgot about that about the scene with them escaping gwayne and author um escaping the uh the jarl guy but yeah that was you know that was still annoying merlin's like why can't you just stare your eyes glow and then stuff happens why do you gotta chant anyway so i already know christina you said that's that's the theme throughout so it's just that, you know, sometimes he does it, sometimes he doesn't. So I don't know. Anyway, loved seasons, season three. It's come to an end. Time for season four. On that note, until next time, much love, peace, and black girl magic, Queen of the Couch. Shy. That was
0: Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. So I wrote a lot of notes down. She had me cracking up. What do you mean, Uther? I'm the king. Y'all got fucking Uther I'm the up. man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of dude, the fuck you think you fucking with. I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go and walk away because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down king
1: kong ain't got shit on me
0: so yeah of course he gonna be talking shit even when he gets got however i will say his uh his mental breakdown kind of makes sense i mean it's the it's the daughter he never acknowledged taking down the son that he now thinks is dead his people have now seen the hypocrisy Of his own actions. He can't hide behind the lies anymore of the man that he tried to portray himself to be. He's rather been stripped of his dignity, in a sense, not only in the eyes of his people, but now in the eyes of his son. Because Arthur would have, even though he hasn't voiced them some feelings about this like wait a minute you used your own daughter made her your ward wait you had sex with your best friend's wife there's a lot of uh <laughs> not so very um flattering aspects that Arthur would have to address regarding his father and I think that's what they really wanted to leave open for the next season and then there's also of course the thought that Arthur takes over that's kind of the end of the show (laughs) quite frankly two whole seasons that we get is is rather good at the place in which we left off in this season because that's the whole thing we get Arthur to be king of Camelot and he's supposed to usher in a new age for for people with magic and Merlin's supposed to you know reveal himself but Merlin's also fucked up in his quest because he's also made it seem he's he lied and said Morgos was lying about what his father really did to him which was make him using magic he's warped all of his own uh in trying to keep father and son in relationships all nice and dandy with a bow on top of it and because Arthur wasn't ready to be king he kind of shat himself in the foot because Arthur while he's not so gung-ho against magic he's not really in the position where oh he becomes king and all of a sudden everything's peachy that's not gonna be the case because unfortunately magic has done so much harm to Camelot even if his father deserved it even if Merlin reveals himself it's kind of oh so you know this one friend (laughs) that's the reason why Gaius is at fucking Uther's side because Uther knows this one friend named Gaius that has magic and I'm gonna forgive him and he could be my court physician but you know everyone else has to go burn at the stake it's such a stupid (laughs) premise that they have that they never really go into that is really annoying but it could have been better if they simply just acknowledged it they just kind of wanted to keep away from the darker aspects of this show when technically the content and the whole story of Arthur to begin with is a darker fucking tale you're trying to make it a children's tale i understand that's what their goal was so unfortunately it took this different turn which is fine but now it was a big question mark for me at the end of season three before i saw the next two seasons how are we gonna do this because he is very much at the point in which he is going to be taking the throne, and I'm not saying it in spoiler points, I'm saying it because it's what they said at the end of this episode. And the fact that you and Mimi both pointed it out like, I don't give a fuck, I'm kissing Gwen <laughs> in public not once but twice. Everybody knows that this is my girl, okay? That's a fact, like you said. Uh, Lancelot, banish. I made him a knight. Gwen, banish. I made him a knight. Percival, just met yesterday. Made him a fucking knight. Elian, don't even know him that well, but he's the sister of my wife. So he needs something to do in his life because he never be protecting her like he should be. So bam, you're a knight too. He making his own rules. He doing his own thing. He don't give a shit about what his daddy got to say. He made it clear last like few episodes in the Queen of Hearts, that's why I love that episode. When it comes down to it, Uther is at the point where I no longer am being held back by my father and his opinions. I am forming my own, I am forging my own path based on what I believe to be right. That technically has nothing to do with magic at this point in time. So Merlin gets all of the f-bombs of failure. And y'all are so damn nasty looking at all the, the men You talk dirty to me. Now let's talk about the fact that you just dragged the living shit out of me. I mean, you took me across the room like I was a mop. And you went over the dust twice. I mean... But i was cracking the fuck up i was like you know me so well <laughs> i was trying to and i got the mandalorian out and i was making all of the efforts but after i hit um, publish on that it was not happening and then i got up at 10 o'clock and i've been running till now christina they don't even put the aunt in front of it anymore just christina <laughs> everyone calling my name can i can i can i can i have this can i have that can i have this let me get a piece of candy let me come over here why is this little girl just doing circles around the living room what the fuck too much too damn much people who have multiple children i salute you i can't do it i just cannot it is not for me this episode was amazing though both of them were really good i thought like i said this was probably one of the most successful season finales as it really did feel as if it was moving somewhere and like oh season four is going to be this whole new thing it was a complete storyline yes i love that y'all both brought up the fact that Gaia's had powers and they just decided to come out at the the witching hour um whatever Gaius whatever (laughs) he's so the fucking worse he really (laughs) and when's the last time Merlin talked to his mama she's still alive and I feel like she ain't even dropped a note to her son they at least could have done that once and stopped acting like he didn't have a whole other parent out there in the world because we don't hear from her point blank period and I know she ain't that damn far away because <laughs> y'all made a, a trip there not so long ago in season one. We ain't been back to check in with his mama since. I think that is all for us again in this lovely Merlin conversation. If you want to join in, at gmail.com, you can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social media will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes, leave a review. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic.